Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. And welcome in the Bink at Night. Jay Binkley with Dusty Likens. Dustman, there's something that happened today. We'll get to it in just a second, but it's got to have uh, it's got to have your full attention as much as you like the sport of golf. But uh, Ron Cop, EarlyHeadPride.com, joins us at six thirty, seven thirty. Josh Vernier, our guy, to talk baseball, random home run picks, and whatever we decide to talk to Vern about. Usually, it's uh, only can't let the people know too much, Bink. No, I said usually it's, it's kind of entertaining. I so, just, you never know if Vern's like in a grumpy mood. I think he's in a good mood today. Because he had the day off? He's had two days off. Getting ready for a West Coast trip? Usually day game and the night game, not so much. But yeah. off two days, you get in a better mood. And he's just back from Arizona. He's all tan. I don't know if he's tan. He seems like an SPF 80 guy, which from what I've been told, you really only need SPF 30. There's nothing that can get better than that. <laughs> Unless it's like bullfrog and it's the like basically just oil. So what you and I exchanged text messages today early on had nothing to do with quote the match, but then shortly after uh, we had conversed, the match gets announced that it's Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen on the same team versus Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I was a little bit confused at first. I was like, all right, is this going to be four guys? And they're going to have pros involved in this thing too because the other Mm -hmm. matches they have. Phil's played. Uh, last year was Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady and Phil, but usually and then there was Tiger and Peyton Manning uh, the year before, but there's always been a pro involved. I always thought that was fun. Why didn't Phil get the to pro come back? Golfer. I don't know. Well, oh. they would have had to grab another, <laughs> they would have had to grab another pro. True. You, you know, as well as I do that uh, there's good guys for this. They have that personality. Yeah. But a lot of the golfers just don't have that personality. In my opinion, unless I'm, I'm sleeping. Like, Scheffler's the best guy in the bunch right now, but is he a guy you'd put on national TV? No, because he's 26, and he seems like he's 44. Yeah, so which guy out there? I mean, John Robb might be kind of interesting. Justin Thomas would be awesome. JT would Because he did the commentary with whenever it was Tiger and Phil in the match. He was, like, the the guy, the green, the fairway guy the entire time, like, keeping commentary. like, And he was actually, like, giving jabs because, I mean, that's what you're looking for in this is – a tough get because you not only have to have good blank talking skills, you've also got to be pretty good at golf. Like 
not one of these guys is above an eight handicap in their skill set at golf, which means they're going to post pretty good numbers. And there's a course that Lake of the Ozarks that Patrick Mahomes is like a member of at Portachima. It's a really fancy course. I played it once. It's super awesome. Uh, he and Kelsey, I think, are honorary members there. At least they were yeah. uh, at some point. He comes. Well, my, my aunt uh, lives and, out there, and she was out there working in her yeah. backyard. And he comes walking right through, and she did double take. And oh yeah, and he's and you know it's you know the story is what it is. I mean, these guys they love playing golf after their seasons are over, or even when their seasons are going on. And I don't know. I'm interested to see how Josh Allen is because I think that. Like we saw Mahomes is is cut earlier where he said something along the lines it'll be fun when they play par threes, but on par fives, you know, we'll get the drivers out, we'll be hitting wedges, they'll be hitting six irons, which is just obviously a stab in the face from both those guys. But just like Mahomes and Allen, man, how they throw the football, they hit the golf ball very, very far. Now I don't know how accurate they are most of the times, but hey, if you're a three handicap and you're an eight handicap, you're doing something right and driving the ball is one of the most important parts of it. So they so you hit think bombs. the drills hit even then. With Brady and Rodgers, because I was yeah, for sure. Should they mix them up and have like Rodgers and Mahomes or Brady and no, Mahomes? I think this is even, and I think what they should do is as soon as like one of these teams wins, then that team just gets to be the next team going forward. The next now, match. obviously, it's Rodgers and Brady versus Allen and and Mahomes. It's kind of a their quarterback versus these quarterbacks, the kids versus the old men is kind of how I'm coining it, and uh, it's just kind of interesting because you know. How are Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen going to be like together? Because obviously they're the next two quarterbacks in the AFC, like the, you know, the rivalries that you always see that of course the 13 second game that happened last year, does that get brought up on the same team or do you, you know, and then there's, you know, Brady and Rogers who you can see both of those guys. Like you see all the time in golf, like the old guys that are cheeky and fun and, you know, giving a lot of crap to the guys behind them. Cause like, you know, there's going to be times where like Rogers or Brady's going to look back at Mahomes and Allen and be like, what is he, 13 yards ahead of you? He's just always got 13 on you or something like that. There's going to be some sort of like back and forth. So um, I think they got it right here. I have no complaints with the four golfers. I have no issues with the teams, but it will be interesting because Rogers Brady, both very good at golf. Mahomes Allen, good at golf as well, but it's, you know, experience versus youth, like ego versus ego, and it'll be an interesting one to watch. There's some super war rings out there except for Josh Allen. Well, there's Super Bowl rings out there. Besides, Brady's already running his mouth. Oh, he, yeah. He was teasing on Twitter about Josh Allen being this little kid. And he was and then, shirtless for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand why he was shirtless. I don't know. I know it's a picture from another time, but again, then, like, even if it's not, like, you're still shirtless and you've replaced your kid's head with Josh Allen's head. Now, I know that, uh, you know, I was listening to CNN earlier in the whole dynamic of uh, Mahomes. And Allen, is this yeah. going to be the rivalry? Because we always look Should for be. that. Like, who's going to be the rivalry in the AFC? But I just say not so fast. I think it's a little too early to say that Josh Allen is that rivaled Patrick Mahomes. He's lost two times in the postseason. I don't know about Joe Burrow's golf game. Who knows? Maybe that'll come along at some point. Maybe he's a good golfer. Maybe he's not. Maybe he didn't even play the game. I don't know. But I wouldn't say that it's always going to be Josh Allen. I think Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, some of these guys will have something to say, especially Herbert being in the same division. Who knows? Russell's now with the Denver Broncos. Is that going to be fun? I know that what they're saying is Josh Allen Mahomes is going to be the rivalry, but is it? But is it the great rivalry we're looking for? It I, can be out of the division because Brady and Manning never played the same division, but they were great rivals. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good. I think it is a rivalry in my if I take my defense from it because both guys have one, right? Um, and when... 
Josh Allen was drafted. There's just there's a lot of smoke around this fire that makes it burn very hot and bright, which is very attractive for a rivalry, and that is the fact that Mahomes gets drafted. Well, how does Mahomes get drafted, Binkley, right? He gets traded from the Buffalo Bills, and the Buffalo Bills don't get Mahomes. Well, that's fine. Then next year, they get their quarterback, who is Josh Allen. The irony in this is strong. Crazy. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, what's Mahomes known for? His insanely powerful right arm. Well, this guy Buffalo drafted supposedly has a stronger arms than none other than Patrick Mahomes. Then what happens? Both teams get good. They play in the AFC Championship game. The first time we ever see Josh Allen crack. Arrowhead, AFC, throws a football in somebody's face, causes a riot, shovey match goes on, McDermott looks like a clown defending his guys at the end and doesn't know what he's doing at the end of the postgame interview. Then we fast forward the clocks to the next year. Buffalo beats Kansas City in a game in which Mahomes had the, you know, the tip pass for a pick six, and everyone's kind of wondering is, are the Buffalo Bills who geared up for this? Is this what they're doing? And then we meet in the playoffs again. So we're we're both at a win. You know, the Chiefs have won in the regular season in the playoffs, and then the Chiefs lose in the regular season, and now it's here's the divisional game. The winner of this game is probably going to represent the AFC in the, in the Super Bowl, we thought. Then they play that game. Mahomes wins, but how's he win? In dramatic fashion with 13 seconds left. So, like, you're pining for more Bills and Chiefs, and you're going to get it probably opening night, Sunday night football on, on, on this year's. That's my guess. Well, they've played four times. Mahomes won three of them. Three of them. He, two he won, in the big playoffs. He won last year in Buffalo, remember? When they, not right. two years ago. He won in Buffalo when they ran the ball the whole time. Yeah, it was rainy. It was and, kind of rainy yeah. and, and stuff. So he beats uh, Josh Allen then. Bills have themselves to blame because they peed down their leg after they beat the Chiefs. They could not handle being the number one seed. They could right. not handle being the number one team in the AFC because they go out right out and lose the following week. But the, the, the game should have never been in Kansas City. <laughs> they were in control of their destiny, right. you know, to have a home playoff game against the Chiefs in Buffalo, and they couldn't handle it. Like they couldn't handle being at the top. And I think that's really indictment on that team. And I think the other thing that kind of adds to a rivalry is because you traded away your pick. Mahomes developed who he was. And then the first year that you had your guy, the guy that you traded got drafted to the Chiefs, wins the Super Bowl. And then you spend the next two years building your team to beat the team in which the guy you traded your pick to has set the standard of. So where it comes to rivalries in the AFC, you say you got to beat them. Pat's yet to beat Joe Burrow. So there is no blood in the mouth of Joe Burrow when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs beating them. They'll get their chance. It's coming next year. Now, Pat and Lamar Jackson, that's a little bit of something. But the thing that's that's kind of crazy because you keep going like Patrick Mahomes and, and Justin Herbert, is that a rivalry? I think Patrick Mahomes basically made it a rivalry last year. Might have been a little, little saucy on the golf course when he said, I'll see it when I believe it. A little mix-hap there. And then goes into the season, loses, and then gets to the second game to basically take over the division. And then a strong Patrick Mahomes looks over to their sideline like, hey, I'm still here. This is my house, and I'm still a leader of this division. So maybe there's a little bit of one brewing there, but I think when you take into fact all the quarterback, Russell Wilson, no. Derek Carr, no. Um, Justin Herbert, it's coming. It's 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 getting ready to bloom. Uh, Joe Burrow, there's, there's a lot of leaves on that flower. And then you look at Josh Allen, and that thing is just, you know, full bloom, ready to go. It's it's there. So that's where I would say the the heat of the rivalry is in the AFC. 
And they they want us to be Josh Allen and Buffalo. Here's the thing, Dust. They never got over it. That's the closest to like, Peyton and Tom that it that is right now. Well, maybe Joe Burrow is two and zero against Mahomes. I, I think there's a little bit of uh, fans angst. They want to get the Bengals again. Yeah, they want Mahomes to be Joe. Oh, Burrow. they want it. They want. Yeah, it. and Cincinnati sitting there saying, "Well, you know, they're two and zero against the Chiefs." So, to me, that's the we've already beaten Buffalo. To me, yeah. it's about beating Cincinnati. Like it's a team you really, really want to beat, and Tom Brady as well. And Mahomes has beaten him. In the regular season, he's lost the two playoff games. It's kind of like the Josh Allen. Yeah, he beat him in the regular season, but lost when it counts in the postseason. But Buffalo hated that. Like that whole first year, not when Mahomes just played that one game against Denver, but the following year when he wins MVP, that's when they had a lot of the sports talkers and everything else saying what a mistake they made because Josh Allen did not come and light it on fire in the NFL. No. It took Brian Dayball getting there and kind of turning things around. It took trading for Stephon Diggs. Right. Where he really, you know, kind of came out of his shell and became a, a, a really good quarterback, an MVP candidate-style uh, quarterback. But they always hated that because the Chiefs, because they were sitting there at 10. They could have had Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, they, and got, they got Tredavious White in that draft. So, they, I mean. Yeah, they got Tredavious White. But they, yeah. finally, they finally get their guy. And it's not easy getting the guy. You know, people think they have the right guy, but I mean, look at the Cardinals. They have a guy in Kyler Murray that doesn't even want to be there at this point. And the thing that's crazy about Allen is that they missed on a guy that is basically the guy, right? So if you're at home playing shot game and every time you hear the word guy, you take a shot. So here's another one for you. So they miss on the guy. And then the next year, the very next year, like you said, they get their guy. And I don't know where you rank best quarterbacks in the NFL currently, Jay Binkley, but I bet Josh Allen's in your top four. 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, not only did you miss, but when you got your chance again the next year where it was like, hey, you got to get a quarterback, you know, because it, it ain't looking good because the guy we traded up for or trade away for, wow. And then you get Josh Allen, and Josh Allen becomes uh, the quarterback that he is today. I mean, if I had to guess, I mean, there's a Super Bowl somewhere in Josh Allen's future uh, with Buffalo and they're not going to get any worse next year because that Gabriel kid that put up four touchdowns and 200 yards against the Chiefs in that division game, he's their number two option now. Like, it's him and Stephon Diggs, and Dalton Knox is still that tight end in that, in, that, uh, in that system, and that offensive line is good. So Buffalo, Kansas City, like, sign me up for as many as possible. See, I don't know, though. I don't know if, if I'm putting – you say top five. I mean, you got you to put Rodgers up there still. Brady's in that top five. Mahomes. Mahomes in that top five. Who's next? I might go Joe Burrow over Josh Allen. No, you wouldn't. I, I, Burrow doesn't run like Josh. You know what, though? He, he can't. And it's an advantage. He's not as good a runner, but he can scramble. He didn't show it but Josh this Allen season because he's running for his life. Look I know, what they did against Kansas the City. offensive line. But look what he did against Kansas City in the division game. Like, they literally were calling plays for four straight down. And but I know that. But who's beat the Chiefs twice last year? Who's 2-0 against the Chiefs? Sample Joe size, yes, leads to Joe Burrow. But who's played in the playoffs twice against the Chiefs? Well, who's been in the Super Bowl? Correct. But I who mean, has been Burrow? I mean, it's a good argument, but I'll take Burrow. Just not enough service time. Some of see that once time to ask me, like, middle of the year, would you take Burrow or Herbert? I said, I'll take Burrow. <laughs> Before he went to the Super Bowl, I was like, there's something about yeah. that kid I like. I would take Josh Allen over Joe Burrow. You know, Deshaun Watson's going to have some things to say we'll about see this. What he does. We'll, we'll see how he. He is. led the NFL in passing yards right before yeah, that he was uh, three years ago. Came out and get Lamar Jackson the MVP. Yeah, I like Former Josh MVP. Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. I'm just sign me up for it. Yeah, I, I like it too, but I'm still not sleeping on Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and I think the Chargers have the wrong head coach because the right head coach 
and they would have been in the postseason, a team that kept going for it on fourth down and met their demise, and suddenly Justin Herbert didn't have any playoff experience. Coming up next, though, there's a couple receivers that could be traded before the draft. Are you going to stay in pad for the Kansas City Chiefs, or are you going to go for it? I know your answer, Dusty. We'll talk about that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bacon Night, Jay Binkley, Dusty Likens with you now. Just talked match a minute ago, which by the way, I don't know if you heard uh, Mahomes today on that, the match. Oh yeah. Jeer's reaction, because he actually met the media. He and Andy Reid uh, and Nick Bolton, they met the media. Here was uh, Mahomes about the match. You know, man, I, I think uh, the reason we're going to win is because we're going to be able to play the course a little differently than than uh, old Tom and old Aaron over there. So they're going to be hit playing and nice and easy. You know, they might get us on a couple par threes and stuff like that. But whenever we can really open it up and use the drivers, um, it's going to be nice to be able to use our little wedges while they're using their six irons. So that'll, that'll help us a little bit. It's going to be fun. The smack is going to be rolling with these guys. Tom Brady's already started doing it. Of course, Mahomes in jest there when he's talking about old Tom and old Aaron. According to Adam Schefter this morning, he tweeted out, uh, Tennessee's offseason program opens today. San Francisco's Tuesday. Chiefs uh, started the day. But this is an issue that hangs over these players, their teams, and the draft. Talking about Debo, Samuel, Talking about DK Metcalf, teams will have an option to extend these players' contracts or explore trades for them. It didn't look like DK's getting moved. And listen, it's going to take a lot of picks. I've given up on that dream, Bink. I promise. But the thing is, you're going to keep hearing it. This the common argument as well. The Chiefs would be trading the picks they got from Tyreek Hill and be spending the same amount of money, you know, down the line here on DK Metcalf. I don't think DK is going to make quite what Tyreek Hill has. We didn't have a thousand yards last year. So I think it would slow that down just a second. But then again, if you get four years younger in the NFL, Dusty, that's something. I mean, I've heard that argument on DK. I'm sure you got quite a bit of this pushback as well on DK Metcalf when you wanted the Kansas City Chiefs to trade for him. But the bottom line is you're getting younger. (laughs) You're taking a guy that's 24 years old instead of a guy 28. In the NFL, those are leap years, man. Four years is a big difference. So if they're saying, well, we want to go with somebody younger in a DK Metcalf, I could see them doing it. My guy is Debo. Like, Debo Samuel would do nasty, nasty things in this Chiefs offense. Like, that. to me, they've always kind of looked for that guy. Yeah. I know when they got Tyreek Hill here originally, they wanted to save on those wear and tear with the punt returns and jet sweeps and you know, having more at the wide receiver role and Miami kind of wants to go back to the other way. I say buyer beware. You don't want to get him hurt doing all these Debo Samuel type things like they want to because Debo Samuel's created this thing. We're in the draft. Who's the next Debo Samuel? But I'll say this much too. Like Debo in this offense would be outstanding. The way Chiefs like to use different running backs, and then of course he's a damn good wide receiver as well, over fourteen hundred yards receiving. But to me, Debo would be perfect for Andy Reid. Well, I mean, yeah, but you're gonna have to like give up on that dream real quick, right? Oh, like, yeah, I meant to give up on that. That's dream. like the out of your league reference there, right? Like he's he's on paper. Like we got rid of Tyree Kill. We Chiefs got rid of Tyree Kill. Don't forget they wanted. Said, don't forget they wanted D Ford. Right. Well, he's he. I, yeah, but I mean, as soon as Tyreek said, "Make me the highest paid wide receiver," the Chiefs were like, 
Somebody will. And then, what was it, about a month later, Debo Samuel comes out and says, I want to be the highest paid player that's not a quarterback. Well, that doesn't add up for the Chiefs. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's perfect. But, I mean, the greatest thing Debo Samuel could have done was shown us that that type of skill set ran in the right system works. So, now when you go draft somebody, maybe you don't have to draft the top 10 in the top 10 to get a wide receiver. Maybe you can go find a guy like Debo Samuel. That's in the second or third round that maybe people are sleeping on because they're not thinking about putting that skill set mixed in with that type of play calling. And like you said, a player like Debo and an offense like Kansas city's is uh, uh, that's a lethal injection to the league right there. Debo with the chiefs would be absolutely unreal, but everybody's looking for this guy in oh, the yeah. draft. looking for the wide receivers. You know, they're stout 200, 215 pounds. Because everybody wanted McCole Hardman to be Debo Samuel, but there was a 30-pound weight difference between the two and a height difference as well. Tebow's just, or Debo's just a bigger dude. He could withstand the hits, but that's what they're looking for in the draft. They're looking for this hybrid deal. More and more talented running backs are becoming wide receivers in college. Why? Wide receivers are the one getting paid. And because the league has changed. And not only that, but the size yeah. of running backs. You know some of these receivers, they look like running backs. Yeah. The normal classic built running back was what six one two fifteen like that's what Zeke Elliott is, isn't he like two? He yeah. like six. Zeke's like six one two twenty. Now look at like receivers. That's what they are. They run the slot. They know how to take a hit, and they can run in the open field. Sounds a lot like a running back. And Cordell Patterson did the same thing, just was, on a lesser yeah. level than Debo, but he was the same thing. If you wonder why there was a guy in the eighties running at running back, it's Cordell Patterson that did everything for him. Like, that could be a nice fit here, too, though, to be honest with you. Percy Harvin uh, was ahead of his time. That no, guy he was. That guy would have been. The headaches, the migraine headaches, got him out of the league. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Percy Harvin is definite stud. Christian McCaffrey, they kind of think he can be a blend of that, too, because the guy's excellent catching the ball out of the backfield. But yeah. I don't think his wide receiver skills are as good as some of these others. Because Cordell yeah. Patterson is a natural receiver, and so is Debo Samuel. But they turned out to be damn good running backs as well. But. <laughs> all that wear and tear running back starts to wear them down though, too. That's yeah. something you have to really be concerned when you take your wide receiver and make him a running back. And I've heard a lot of, I don't know, reports. I, I say a lot. I've seen at least three that Miami's plan with Tyree kill is to take the Debo yeah. style and put it in Miami. And that's why they were willing to be like, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and we're going to spend all this money and we're going to go get ourselves the playmaker like he is in San Francisco that's and why put him I said on buyer team. beware. Don't yeah. want to remain. He wants to return at least one punt a game. I was like, hey, it's buyer beware, man. Because that's why the Chiefs backed off of it because it was his injury. You know, you don't want to get him injured. And they just spent all that money on Tyreek Hill. Do you really want to do this and get him hurt running the football? Uh, good question. Coming up next, though, Ron Kopp, the lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night, Jay Binkley, Dusty Likens. Time to talk to the lead analyst over at ArrowheadPride.com, Ron Kopp. You can hear him uh, talking draft to me on draft shows as well. What's up, Ron? Man, Jay, I was already juiced to talk to you, but then Dusty answers the phone with, with this energy, man, and all of a sudden oh, Dusty. I'm super juiced. So he's he's just all he's just going tonight, isn't he? It's all about bringing the noise, my man. <laughs> Dusty's got the just, energy. Let's go. Yeah, Dusty's excited about the match because he's a big golf fan, and you got Mahomes ah. and Allen and Rogers and Brady uh, going at it. I, Ron, I don't know if you're a golf fan or not. I am. I like to watch the tournaments each and every week. I'm sitting there watching the, uh, the match at Harbortown and Jordan Spieth winning. 
uh, yesterday. But you a golf fan at all, or will you become a golf fan just to watch this? Well, I, I will say, you know, there, there's a whole segment of NFL, you know, NFL fandom, apparently, of knowing how good your quarterbacks are at golf. Um, and, and so I'm not aware of how good Josh Allen is. I know that the other three can golf pretty well. Uh, so I'm just going to I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say that my only take is the old guys, you know, when you got to walk that, that green quite a bit, you know, I think the young guys might have the advantage there. So that's all I got to say about it. Uh, Mahomes will carry Josh Allen. Well, Dude, Dusty thinks he's good, though. Dusty thinks he might be a three handicap, which if he is, that would be about four or five strokes better than Mahomes. I don't think that I know that. I've been told by someone who's played golf with Josh Allen, he's a three handicap, and that he and Phil Mickelson are close. So you know he's got that crafty stash in the back of his bag. You know he's good. Yeah, so that, that's what I'm saying. I don't keep up on because there, you know, every NFL quarterback plays golf. So you know, I, I just don't keep up on you know who's apparently Dusty does. He's got the sources, so that's that's who to go to with this info. But the best players are the hockey players and former baseball players. They're very good at it. It's that hand-eye coordination thing when it comes to that. But I was hoping they'd be in a throw-off, um, Ron. I'm know, still waiting right? for that. I'm still waiting for that. I know, right? Yeah, no, I, I, I was interested in that too. But uh, you know, it is kind of. You know, it is another thing, too, that they're pretty much the rivalry of the NFL. I think you guys have already talked about this, but just yeah. the fact that, yeah, they're, they're kind of teammates, you know, teaming it up here, and they're supposed to be kind of the, the rivals of the NFL right now. So, pretty interesting. Yeah, I was just looking at a Florio article, and he says, uh, back on the schedule came out before the draft, people got far more work done. Well, the schedule's been coming out after the draft last three years anyway. Like, as far as the NFL schedule's concerned, we're, Dusty and I were just uh, debating who they're going to play in week one. Yeah, yeah. Well, they have a t- they have probably going to be the toughest schedule in NFL history next year. That, that's no yeah. doubt about it. When you consider the division, obviously being a first place team playing all first place teams, and then your NFC opponent, your kind of one off team, happens to be the Bucks, and then you play the NFC West as well. I mean, yeah, their schedule. I mean, like no matter who they're going to play, pretty much any week it could be a prime time opportunity. Just how many good teams are going to be playing this year? Well, Ron, there's talking. I could see this one where the Vikings actually trade the Kansas City Chiefs if they're going to move up, if they're going to move up because they sit there and there's been rumors that they want to uh, they want to move up or, or move back, excuse me, in the draft. Yeah. And that would be a prime position. You get up to 12, you could pretty much get whoever you want unless they sit there and wait and see who's taken before them. Uh, Houston maybe at pick 13. I don't believe the Ravens at 14 will deal with the Chiefs, but – where do you sit right now this week, a week before the draft, as far as trading up or staying put? Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I just saw that as well. And, and it's interesting, man, because 12 is kind of that, that, that spot right there where if, if one of those really elite players in this class falls to that point, you know, a name that comes to mind is Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, you know, I know he shouldn't fall that far, but we keep hearing all this this talk about you know him him kind of sliding in this in these drafts. If he's one of those guys that happens to get there, like that's someone you it's worth trading up for. And if it takes, let's say you know I, I think you know it could take take maybe a, a pick per round of the rest of your class, right? You know, a first, second, third, and fourth, that sort of thing. I mean, you still have draft capital the rest of the class, and you just got one of the best players in this class. I would even do it for Jermaine Johnson, the Florida State edge rusher as well. I I, I like him a lot, and and. I really think he'd be a guy you throw in right away and give you really good snaps. But, you know, it's interesting, man. I mean, some of the receivers, too, if they really like a Garrett Wilson or Drake London, if they slip to that spot, that could be a good spot for them as well. So it'll just be interesting if they like one of those guys, that could be the spot to go get them. And I was talking to somebody today about Chris Olave. They really were hung up on Chris Olave. And I said, 
Do you realize that Ohio State, if Jamison Williams didn't transfer from Ohio State to Alabama, there was a chance Chris Olave came on with all the, the run coming in the season, but Garrett Wilson was better. Jamison Williams is a better player. And I think Jackson uh, Smith and Jigba, he was the actual leading receiver from Ohio State, would have been number one out of all those guys. So you're looking at Olave maybe being the fourth Wide receiving option in Ohio State, but people are so enamored with him. Didn't even have a thousand yards last year. Well, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. That that more speaks to me of how good Ohio State is at getting these receivers, you know, and producing them and everything, rather than you know against Olave because. I really think Olave is the type of guy that, yeah, he may not have the ceiling of some of these other prospects, and he is my wide receiver four because I do think a guy like Wilson, London, and Jameson Williams have higher ceilings potentially, and even a guy like Traylon Burks even, um, you know, ceiling-wise. But that's the thing, man. Olave is going to come in right away and give you really quality reps as a guy that's going to run really good deep and intermediate routes just, you know, and, and even after the catch, he's pretty good at, you know, just avoiding tackles and being fast. He's a fast dude. I think – I think he's worthy of a pick in the mid in the middle first round, depending on the type of team you are. If you're the Chiefs, where you have a really good quarterback, you have kind of a, a receiver by committee. When you talk about Kelsey Smith, Schuster, Valdez Scantling, Hardman, I think he'd really fit in well because he wouldn't have to be the alpha type of guy. But if a team wants to make him the alpha, I think that's where maybe you you're you're kind of maybe pushing it to to what he could be. That kind of might be you know overstepping it a little bit. I think he's just going to be a really really quality receiver in the NFL. Ron, you've done a lot of work with some defensive backs here, and there's more and more mocks at the Chiefs going corner as one of the defensive players instead of edge, or it's edge and corner, not wide receiver, but corner's been there. Martin Emerson, a guy from uh, Mississippi State that could play on the outside, you, you've got a lot of work on him uh, on Twitter as well. Jay, yeah, you, I mean, I, you probably just saw the TL, I guess. I was going to say you've been reading my mind because I will have a no, I've been looking at your stuff. Out. <laughs> draft profile. I'll have a draft profile out on Martin Emerson tomorrow, and yeah, you know he, he's a guy that I, I don't think is is getting as regarded as highly as I believe he he should be. He's he's got the length and everything. He's kind of that typical you know lengthy corner. You know he's got he's got actually you know 97th percentile length and 96th percentile hand size. He's he's that kind of player at six two one you know about one ninety five. But that's the thing, you know. I I think he he doesn't he isn't just that long guy. I, I think one thing I really noticed about him that I really liked, and honestly, the only game I was able to get of all twenty two and be able to watch, you know, every snap was Alabama. Which hey, if that's the one game you're watching, yeah. that's a pretty good option. But man, he is he just seems so comfortable, uh, you know, passing off routes and zone coverage and just and just knowing what he's supposed to do, being you know, knowing his responsibility. You know, I saw him, you know, communicating, you know, pointing stuff out, helping his his teammates, you know, kind of coming off of other routes to, you know, take, you know, take away a route to, you know, to make sure the quarterback doesn't throw it, all that kind of stuff. I think he would just be a really good fit. And you, you talk about that length, man. He definitely uses it as a, as a guy that's going to come up, take on blocks, be aggressive against the run. And he's got swagger, man. I, I one of the tweets, if, 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 you know, go to my TL to, to look at it. Uh, he, he's definitely got some swagger to him. He, he likes to let you know after he makes a, a nice play. So, and, and that's what you want at corner, right? That, that's kind of a prerequisite at cornerback. I feel like. Yeah, I know that you really like uh, Kair Elam at the cornerback position, but are you are you sold on just edge wide receiver twenty nine thirty, or you, do you want to move up, or are you saying, hey, just stay there and get a guy like Elam at corner at twenty nine or thirty? See, that that's the fascinating part about this is I, you know, me personally, I I really value the cornerback position. I think getting a guy that you can that like teams really fear to throw to could really help your defense. 
I just think the Chiefs have not. They've showed that. Brett Veach in his draft history and his just overall not even draft and free agency, how he's addressed the cornerback position. And so it, 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 if they do switch that up, it might tell you something. Maybe it tells you there's going to be a defensive philosophy change, you know, because I think one reason we don't see cornerback invested that highly is because there's a lot of emphasis put on the safety position in this defense. And it's actually why I'd like them to consider taking one of these safeties at that bottom of the first round. I know we talked about it, but that's the thing, though. If they do go with one of these corners in the first round, Kyrie Elam, I, I really like him, man. He's my favorite corner of the guys available in that, in that kind of range. He just has such a good blend of, of, of speed, athleticism, but also pretty good size. And another SEC corner, man. So, yeah, he's, he's a guy I'd, rather, I'd like to take a swing on, but that's the thing. I think Emerson's just better value. I think you can get him maybe in the third round. And so that's why I would almost rather take that swing at receiver edge, even like I said, safety, other positions, and then maybe get Emerson later. If, if you know, if you think you can get him where you, you think you can. You mentioned safety and I really, really, really like this class of safeties. And Dax Hill was uh, mocked to the chiefs a lot before they bring in Justin Reed. And I'm not sure they're set even with Justin Reed here at safety, but a guy like Dax Hill, speaking of him, Probably the most athletic safety in this draft, but he can play outside corner as well. Play that nickel probably is where he's probably more set to be. So you're talking about a nickel corner and safety. That seems extremely valuable to me, a guy that could play two places. Jay, you're 100% right, but that's the thing. I, he also can be a deep free safety type. That he, he has the athleticism to be in the back end of a defense with range. And so that's why he is, is probably going to go, I would say, you know, in the, at least the teens, if not, you know, maybe the early 20s. I just think he's, NFL teams are going to recognize how, what they can do with him. And that's why if he's there, I think he's, he's one of my favorite picks at 29 or 30. I just, I just feel like he may not get there because of that versatility. Lewis Seen is, is, is one of my favorites in this class. He's going to be, you know, a, a guy I put a stamp on in terms of just my approval because, yeah, I, I just really like his, his range in the back end, just his ability to come up. And he's definitely going to be there, in my opinion, at the end of the first round. So if they, if they do take a swing like that, it, it kind of tells you how uh, you know, much emphasis they put on safety. And I think it, it would also tell you that they're probably not going to maybe draft corner until a little later because you know, that addressing safety that much, you, know, you, you can't. You can't maybe address uh, DB back to back with all the other needs on the on the uh, team. But I, I just, as far as Dex Hill, that because he played a lot of nickel at Michigan, you know, safety slash nickel, do it all. I mean, he's so athletic, he yeah. can play all that. And I, I think that is extremely valuable, you know, for the Chiefs. I know Justin Reed's here, and Justin Reed played in the slot as well. Heck, they even used him down the line of scrimmage as well last year. But a guy like Dax Hill, how can you go wrong with a safety? He can do all those things. Lewis Seen, I'm with you because the guy's a huge hitter, and I like that. Yeah, and, and Jaquan Brooks is another name to mention in that space, too, because I think he could be a, a really good box defender as well as give you athleticism. But, no, you're right about Daxton Hill. He played 70% of his snaps in the slot at Michigan. So he, is, he was almost a, a primarily or, you know, an exclusively slot defender. But that's the thing. Like you mentioned, he tested so well. And teams are confident, you know. I just, just, I just based off, of, you know, the things I've heard, the things I've seen people, re, you know, write about him. People are confident that he can become any sort of safety, whether it's a free safety, strong safety, corner, all that kind of stuff. Man, he's going to be all over the defense, and that's why, man, if he's there at twenty nine thirty, I love it, but I just feel like he's not going to be. Yeah, because Justin Reed did play in a slot, but it was sixty five snaps compared to a guy like Dax Hill that played seventy percent of the snaps at Michigan. In the slot. Ron, I have a lot more to get to on Thursday night, so looking forward to talking with you uh, on the draft show then. Yes, sir. Yeah, appreciate you as always, Jay. All right, take care, Ron. There you go, Ron Cop, right there. Uh, I have one of my guys I've mocked coming on Thursday night, Dusty. 
I can tell you which one it is, but no, uh, don't. Then that's a hell of a tease. I will. Uh, I will probably in a break mention to you, but yeah, one of the guys I've mocked. Uh, I talked to his agent. He'll be on the draft special Thursday night. As I look forward look to the NFL. You. Look at you. In a week, we get the draft. Doing the Lord's work for the people in this town. Ah, oh, dude, it's I'm so excited about it. Come up next, though. I do want to mention Brad Keller and also a, a great text line question next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night, JB, Clay, Dusty Likens. From the text line, 913-576-7610, the Jay Southland Tow Service text line. What about Ojabo? Is he on anybody's radar? 50 wouldn't be a bad place to draft for a future starting player. Ojabo is interesting to me on several different levels. If he didn't tear his Achilles, he's probably going top 12. He had 11 sacks at Michigan. But there's a couple of and buts about Ojabo. And maybe he turns out to be a great player. Depends on his his medicals, obviously, because it's got to be a player that I think helps the Chiefs this year on edge. That's where they're at. And I get it. If you're forecasting what's he going to do in two years, three years, that's fine. I don't think the Chiefs are in position to really redshirt a player like David Ojabo. And I've just always been hung up on getting the second guy from a defensive line. Now, if you want to make the argument that Aiden Hutchinson had a good year because of David Ojabo, okay, I don't think that's the way it went, but if that's – your argument that's the hill you're going to die on, that's fine. Yeah, because everybody said that uh, Frank Clark had his best year with Jaron Reed yeah. as a nose tackle. Well, I mean. Well, they played together last year. It depends on what they're saying. But I remember the Chiefs doing this too, Dusty. They Remember Ryan Sims, the Chiefs drafted? Yeah, yeah to North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina Bust. picked number six. Yeah. And he was drafted from the same defensive line as Julius Peppers. Pretty good player. And Julius Peppers – and, and, and Sims both went in the top six, both from North Carolina. At that point, you're like, okay, what's going on? Would Sims benefit from Julius Peppers? Well, it sure the hell turned out that way. Julius Peppers sounds like he has his name on a menu somewhere in Carolina. Should the Julius Pepper? Something. Like the Carolina Reaper? I don't know if you want to. I don't know if anybody's just eating peppers, though. Why didn't anybody ever name, name him that? Nickname him the, the Carolina, Carolina Reaper? Reaper? Yeah. I don't know if peppers were like a thing yet. I know we have the Reaper here with Mahomes in that Buffalo game, but but that's like a if your spirit. name is Julius Peppers in a Pepper, you want to be in North Carolina is where he played. You know the Carolina Reaper. That I, just makes too much sense to me. I feel like we struggle with with sports nicknames. Like we have Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and he's just like after everything we got, it was just Showtime. Like it seems like it's re- it, that's been repeated. Like wasn't that Dion's name? Did they call an entire team of Lakers players the Showtime time? By the way, have you watched that yet? The uh, winning time on uh, HBO? It's a good show. Unreal. John C. Riley going to win an award. And I'm surprised because usually when sports, like, shows like that, it doesn't seem realistic. You know what I mean? He's kind of. But I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. Like, winning winning time just got renewed for a second season. And you could definitely tell, like, obviously you need the actors to be able to do it. Because the guy that portrays Magic Johnson is fantastic. Uh, John C. Riley is a great Jerry Buss, and Adrian Brody plays a good uh, Pat Riley early on in his career. Um, but, like, you think about, like, those Dallas teams in the 90s, you could do, like, same producer-director type of thing that's doing winning time with the Cowboys, and you might have a good little good little run going on HBO. HBO just nails it, man. Oh, yeah, like Michael Sopranos, the day when Game, they... just everything they do, Sopranos, Game of Thrones, The Wire, 
everything. Just Oz. When they, rented it, when they rented that house to party in? Oh, yeah. well, that'd be a fun. That's what I'm saying. Like, the you White could, House? You could hit, Well, there's many reasons why it was called the White House, but like. <laughs> <laughs> or Snow House. Yeah. I mean, you could get guys, if you can do the same type of thing that you're doing with winning time, like get actors that seem similar, that can like really fit the scheme of what they're doing and then have them. Um, and then have them play that in the, for the, like the Dallas Cowboys, that not a bad little idea there to just, or pick another team that we're not even thinking of. Cause I had no idea about the 79, 80 Laker team. And then I did a little history and they're doing a really damn good job of portraying that. What, what else would be a good sports type series? Maybe the Niners with Joe Montana, because Joe Montana seems like he'd be a storyline. But you'd have to have personalities on that team. Like Joe with, was. Yeah, but is there more? Like, I mean, on this team, you had, you know, the two that obviously speak out. You have Magic and you have Kareem. Like, everybody sees those. And then you realize who these other players were that maybe, like, people like my dad are like, oh, yeah, that guy, he was awesome. He was, you know, point guard, was really fast. And then you think about how they portray Larry Bird and the rivalry. Like, you know, it's just, it's interesting. Or you could, you know, However you want to look at it, you could do, like, the 90s Braves teams. Maybe, like, you know, Maddox was interesting and Young Chipper and all. I mean, just something that is dynamic that a lot of people knew uh, worked that had personalities. That's the only issue. That's why I think of the of the 90s Cowboys because you've got Troy and Emmett and Michael Irvin and then, you know, the, the offensive lineman, Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, the transition of head coach, ownership, whoever plays Jerry Jones because – like I said, I've, I've already said it once. John C. Riley is fantastic as Jerry Buss. Well, the, the Celtics of the early '80s as well. Yeah, you, I mean, you with could, Danny Ainge and mm-hmm. Larry Bird and Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale. Yeah, and have like uh, their what was their coach? Auerbach, Scott Wedman, Red Auerbach. Yeah, and they portray him too. He's 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 his character is pretty. Uh, antagonist in this as well. I mean, the Bulls of the 90s probably would have been a good one had they not had the Jordan uh, right. series. Yeah. Because like that was really aiming for something good there. With De- Dennis Rodman and Jordan and Pippen and you name it, I think the Bulls could have been a good one. And Phil was there too. So Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the Bulls are a good one. But, again, we had, you know, obviously the Last Dance documentary. So we've already seen, like, we already know what that would be. Somebody in the text line says Pistons, the bad boy Pistons, like Isaiah and, I mean, you know, all one. those. That'd be a solid one because then you could like find somebody to like play Jordan that wouldn't have to be like the star of the show. But it's uh, it's definitely, man. I'll tell you what that that series is something else. Would you be interested in the Patriots series? No, with like Tom and Belichick and just learn about all the spying and the... we have too much of Tom Brady already. No, I know, but just have the uh, the secrecy and everything involved and jamming headsets and everything else in no. New England. Nah, just give me a documentary about that someday. That's I mean like. Literally, Binkley, like, we have literally not stopped talking about Tom Brady since the end of the season. He didn't even go to the Super Bowl. He retired. Fake Then he didn't retire. Then Bruce Arians gets booted out because Tom Brady doesn't like him. But the Bucs know that Tom Brady can still win because he threw for 5,000 yards. So they said, Bruce, here's the deal, man. Your health sucks. You're a good dude. We'll put you in the front office. We'll put your name in the ring of honor. Tom's coming back. We're going to go somewhere else, a head coach. Okay, cool, whatever. I'm getting paid. Respected. I don't care. I don't have to deal with TB12. TB12 comes back. Now we got TB12 in the match with Mahomes and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers, and it's just like, who's asking for all of this Tom Brady stuff? (laughs) 
The text line says the 85 Bears. Actually, it would be a good, like, one-year series. That'd be good because then you could. Because it's such a personality. Yeah. And the 86 Mets. Remember Daryl Strawberry and Carter and all those guys? You want to talk about the White House? It, well, yeah, I mean, they get a little. What, the 80, Dykstra? The 86 Mets were partiers, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Doc Gooden on that team. Oh, Didn't even, man, yeah. Do you remember watching that 30 for 30? Good, Gooden and Strawberry together. Good hell, that 30 for 30 was something else. Like, yeah. I've never felt better about my life after watching that 30 for 30. I'm saying the 86 Mets. <laughs> but maybe you just have a series of shows, you just do one team each. That man said he got home after they won the World Series and stayed up the entire time until the parade and watched the parade on TV because he was partying so hard <laughs> on cocaine and alcohol and women. Good, good hell. If you find a good series that you'd like to see, let us know. Jay Southland Toe Service, text line 913 913- Five seven six seven six ten. Coming up next, though, Denny Matthews, the Hall of Famer, joined Carrington Harrison, gave some interesting theories on even the attendance, which direction that's going to go, because I know that's been a hot topic as far as baseball and attendance, plus a new football league started last weekend. We discussed that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 